0: Well, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Becoming Better podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Crismer, and we're so glad you're here. Well, on today's episode, Jason, Josh, and I sit down and we discuss the song of the angels in Luke chapter two, and we talk at length about what our position towards people with differing ideologies should be. And before we dig in, just a couple of quick reminders, we will be hosting our Christmas services this upcoming week, the days of December 23rd and 24th, both on the Prescott location and Prescott Valley location. We'd love to have you join us at one of our eight services across both locations. In Prescott, we'll host two services on the 23rd and three on the 24th, our typical Sunday morning services. And in Prescott Valley, we'll have an evening service on the 23rd and our two typical Sunday morning services. we would love to have you at one of those eight services. It's also a great opportunity to invite some friends or family that may not have a church that they go to regularly. We know that it's in seasons like Christmas and Easter where people often have an openness to walking through the doors of the church. And if you've got a one in your life, someone that needs to know Jesus, then this would be a great opportunity for you to ask them to join you. And one more quick announcement before we dive into our conversation. Uh, We wanted you to know that we will not be publishing podcasts on this channel for the next couple of weeks. we're not going to do a follow-up after Christmas Eve or the 31st as a result of travel schedules and all of the craziness of this time of year. However, we will be back after our family meeting. So we look forward to uh, chatting with you real soon back on this channel. All right, well, without further ado, we hope you enjoyed this episode. hey guys good morning happy monday everybody hey guys what uh so we're digging in this morning it's a little chilly it's uh it's actually i was looking at the forecast this year compared to last year and it was cold last year already and right now i mean it'll be mid 50s today
1: i thought i saw like
0: 65 maybe yeah yeah you might be right i
2: know i was warming warming right Mm. I was whining yesterday <laughs> as everybody was loving it. I'm like, no, this is the week of Christmas. It should be 37 out, not 67. It should be 37.
0: No, I disagree with that. I, I would much prefer a warm Christmas over a Yeah, a cold baby, always. But you can always travel to a cold Christmas. Like, we'll do that this year. Yeah, we are, too. You guys, oh, you guys are going to Ohio? Ohio. Nice. Yeah, driving? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No. Oh, flying. Yeah, we, uh, we did that drive last year, and it it was not wise. Nice. It was not bad on the way out, right? We had three days. We took eight hours a day. Like, our kids, we had fun, right? Yeah. But we did, though, back in a day. and <sighs> it, We did not, like, stop and sleep in a hotel. I was like, I can't do that, man. I just can't. So, we're flying out Christmas a day. Okay. And flying home New Year's Eve. Nice. So, apparently, those are really cheap flying days because nobody wants to fly they already want to be there
0: yeah we got pretty good ticket prices we're leaving like right after services on sunday okay Um, so christmas eve evening i think we like uh leave phoenix at 7 p.m or something like that oh you're on the red eye yeah so it's it's a late flight into chicago um and then we're coming back yeah a couple of days after new year's and yeah tickets were actually super i was telling
1: jason a couple of days ago that it was really cheap for our family to fly, but yeah, we're doing, we're doing, uh, what are we doing? We're doing like four o'clock Christmas day. So we'll get into Cincinnati at like 10 PM time change.
0: Nice. When are you guys doing Christmas? Cause that's what we were trying to figure we're out. We're doing it
1: early that morning. So we'll still be here cause we don't have to go to the Valley.
0: We don't leave till like four. Oh, so you'll do Christmas here yep. and then, okay. Yeah. So we're waiting until like, we're doing something yeah. maybe Saturday here with Porter um, but then we're not doing like a big Christmas thing until we get out there. My niece's uh, birthday is on Christmas Day, so they typically celebrate mm. that. So we're actually waiting until the 26th, and we're going to do a big Christmas thing the day after Christmas.
1: So. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be. You traveling this year? It'll be good. I am not. I'm Ooh. staying right here. Look at you. Yeah. You did this a couple years ago, though. Right? I think right when I first got here, you did like the Christmas travel to like Kansas, like the week right after or the week of, or yeah, whatever. maybe, yeah, go yeah. yeah. we'll yeah. see Kelly's family every once in a while, yeah. 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 I'm not, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. Yeah. It will be cold though, I'm and probably rainy. I'm sure for
2: some odd reason it'll mm-hmm. be rainy. So definitely. yeah,
1: that feels right. Yeah, yeah i not
2: I'm looking forward to that. So we got a lot of conversation related to our banter. We did. Yesterday. So lots of people. So appreciate all of you who are tuning in and uh, sharing your thoughts on the banter from last week. I had a couple of people say that they were with me on the beach thing. So appreciated that. Lots of Beatles fans. I'm not surprised by
1: that. Yeah, lots of Beatles fans. My wife kind of took a shot at me about
2: that. (laughs) um, She likes the Beatles. And we, we we did have one of our... Um, most vocal listeners who just came up to me and said, "What's wrong with all of you? Don't go to Disney. Don't like the Beatles. Don't like dogs. I don't even know what I'm doing going to church here." So I did get that one too. So
1: <laughs> I had another thing too. I was thinking that didn't add. I was telling my wife this morning. So like the sparkling water fad stuff right now, the bubbly and the Lacroix. Like yeah. I think those are
0: just gross, and everybody loves them. Oh, really? That's I used old. to be in that camp. I used to really not like them at all. Like yeah. before, before because it was like COVID, right? That Lacroix blew up like crazy. Probably that, they're that right? pretty big
1: though in Louisiana. Love yeah, I was well, say. it's been that, about that, ten yeah. years. A, They've been no. Real. I
0: mean, there was a significant like if you go look at the oh the yes. worth of the company itself, it was like twenty twenty, like quadrupled in <laughs> overall value. It was, it was wild. Like sparkling water. Yeah, crazy fancy now. Yeah, uh, but way I mean, way back ten ten years ago when Courtney and I got married, she's a big fan of them. And I hated them. I just couldn't see the point. Uh, couldn't Couldn't drink them. Didn't think they were very good. I just, flat water and coffee for me is, is fine. Nope. Uh, but then at some point in the last four or five years, that totally shifted. And I'm a big fan of them now. But I can't drink them like room temperature. Uh, I know a lot of people that drink them room temperature. Mm. They have to be super cold for me to drink them. So
1: To me, it's like when you were a kid and you go to the Coke fountain <laughs> and you put your drink under there and you... Get it, and you take a drink, and you're like, "There's no syrup," and that was the worst experience ever as a kid. <laughs> and I can't disconnect my brain from that. I'm like, it's fizzy water. Like, I just don't understand the appeal of them. And so that was another thing, because they are. I think everybody on our team drinks them. I don't think there's one person on our staff who also does not like them, and I'm the only one. Who, and this was like, yeah, that
0: that is funny. Um, see, I don't like. Anything like I'm not a big sweets guy, so for me, it's like you get a little bit of the flavor, but it's still kind of bitter. So I'm a big fan of like the grapefruit uh mm. seltzer water because it's a little bitter, but you still get the bubbles. It's nice, it's good. We know
1: Jason it. doesn't, he only drinks coke. That's fine. <laughs> That's <fair. laughs> I did see you drinking a couple sparkling waters recently every, not, once every, <laughs> every once in a while. Every once in a while, every typically your go to, we know, yeah, the, yeah, is the coke. <laughs> yeah, but how That's much funny. is it now?
2: What? The Coke at McDonald's. <laughs> All right. So, here's the odd thing that I've, I've come to realize. And I'd, somebody out there can help me understand this. There's obviously, we've got McDonald's Cokes are my favorite. And so, there's three McDonald's in town. and Three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there is. That's right. I'm
1: 69. Yeah. I always forget about that one. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. you got three McDonald's and the... There's the two that I go to are the one in Frontier Village and the one on uh, Miller Valley, because that's depending on how I'm getting to the office, and one of them is a dollar forty and one of them is a dollar forty one. 41. Yeah, so the tax
0: uh, rate right. different on the is it the res? Yeah, Okay, that's, well right. that's a total assumption that I'm making, but I've made right. I've made that assumption a number of times. Yeah, what? so I'm pretty a, sure the tax rate's different.
2: One is a dollar forty and one of them's a dollar forty one. 41. And so, I don't, yeah. So, I'm just assuming that it has something to do with it. Remember was just a dollar? That was nice. It was a dollar nine. It was a dollar six in Harrodsburg. Yeah. We nine. have a 9% And then,
1: tax. I think Ohio's no tax 8, on 8.
0: food. 8.35 this year. It's changing. It's going down.
1: Ohio had no tax on food. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe Louisiana. One of really? them was like, if it was a dollar, you paid them a dollar and got a cheeseburger.
0: Hmm.
1: It was $5. Uh, you know, hot and ready was $5. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Those, oh, days are gone. Yeah. They're those, like $9. Those days are yeah. way gone.
1: Like, the one thing that made you popular and good <laughs> because your pizza, I, my kids love it, but it was 5 bucks. I could go get a $5 pizza and feed our family. It's mm-hmm. over. Namas. It's nine bucks.
2: Anyways, before we get on
1: the old man stuff, (laughs) let's jump in. Pivot here. Because we we could have some people call, we could have some call ins on this one. (laughs) What else
0: are we angry about that has changed? Send us an email. Back when I was a kid, we're 79 cents for a gallon of gas. I was just going to say, don't get us started on the gas prices. It is going down. Yeah, I'm it curious. was it was 250 when I started driving. So for me, it's like out oh, I'm curious it's, like,
1: what it's going to be back in Ohio. Oh. I'm always curious like when I travel, because this is by far the most expensive place I've ever lived when
0: it comes to gas. Oh, funny. Like, well, I guess Vegas probably was. The Ve- when we were in Vegas, gas was crazy expensive. Yeah. I mean, just a couple of months ago. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, all right. Uh,
2: let's... Hey, uh, this is old man. It, it is, 100%. 100%. Sorry. There are some
1: Sorry, listeners everybody. who right now are loving it because they're like, yes, keep going. <laughs> let's just talk about this. We're not We're not going to do that. Uh,
0: let's dig into Sunday's message. We were in week three of the songs of Christmas. Last one before uh, our Christmas services, which we're really looking forward to this next week. Uh, make sure you... Uh, Figure out which one you're going to go to and come join us. We'd love to see you. So, Um, uh, But yeah, this week we were in the angel song uh, in Luke chapter two. And I just want to give you guys a moment before we uh, dig into a question here to uh, point out anything that really stood out to you guys or anything that was notable from this past Sunday.
1: Uh, The first thing was Jason had an opportunity to absolutely destroy all of your hopes and dreams about Christmas and the nativity scene that is false that's sitting at most of your houses. Yep. And he didn't. Yeah. He he did not do, he just kind of went, this is all we see. He made reference. So that
0: was great on you. And you know what's crazy? Is we were on time. And yeah, we were. And I I wonder if that's why. Mm. Didn't take that opportunity.
1: Didn't take that I know you wanted to.
2: I know you wanted to. Um, It's just, good biblical education that's all i was that's typically what i but i did i just let it i just let it go
1: and so then honestly most of the first half of the sermon that's what i'm thinking about i'm like he's he's so right it is (laughs) like them on a i'm thinking of them on the donkey at night riding (laughs) why do we picture that where do we get that (laughs) like i'm sure they maybe rode on a donkey maybe I would guess that's how you get to Beth Lamb.
0: I don't know. It does feel right. Like if she's um, pregnant. Seems nice. <laughs> we've also placed our like uh, um, 21st century sense of urgency around pregnancy on the whole story, right? Because mm. we've all heard stories of people giving birth in vehicles on the way to the hospital, and True. like just those things that you never want to happen to you. Um, and I feel like we place that sense of urgency on the situation, so it's like, oh yeah, they're going straight through the night to make sure they make it there. It's yeah. like, yeah,
1: probably not. Fine. Any other any other part that is in there
2: that <laughs> probably shouldn't be
0: in our know. minds?
2: So yes, so there is no urgency in the story. Yeah, like the idea that you know they're nine, she's nine months pregnant. It's just not there, and so that's the biggest piece. And there's never any innkeeper, right? Every nativity story has an innkeeper. There's no grumpy, mean innkeeper yelling at the pregnant lady. It's not there. There's no animals. Like, again, all of our stories, there's always a cow lowing. <laughs> always,
1: and- always. There's like a literally a song. The Yeah. Asleep in the. What is that one? I don't know. Away in a manger. Away in a manger, yeah. Like, literally, it's about a cow lowing. <laughs> and, uh, like, we just are.
2: Yeah, that's. There's yeah. no. There's. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. There's. Again, you just. If you just read it on its face, they did the thing that they were supposed to do. They had to go. Again, the, the idea that this decree would go out and Joseph would wait till his wife is about to give birth to make the track, that's just bad husbanding. I just don't... <laughs> don't I mean,
1: don't. that's right. We're, uh, we should think more highly of this guy. Uh, poor Joseph <laughs> wouldn't,
2: probably wouldn't do that. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's lots, lots of pieces there. Um, but I didn't wanna I didn't wanna <laughs> knock on people's nativities this year.
1: Well, that's good. I'm Care. proud of you. But other than that, so um, you know, I thought the part of the shepherds was really helpful. Context yeah. Yeah. of and that, I mean, you you touched on it briefly. It is odd that it changed so drastically. Because Jesus himself is referred to as the good shepherd. Right. Right. Let alone David yeah. and all the other famous yep. people, yep. they were shepherds. So, I wonder why it shifted so drastically. I don't know. Like, because they, like, David would have been, yeah, he they was, would have had the same rules. That's what I was trying to think. None of these yeah. guys existed pre all of the unclean rules. Right. But, like, to think that they were just untrustworthy. Right. Why would they be thieves? I don't understand. What are they stealing?
2: I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But I, yeah, I didn't. That that whole piece is always uh, weirded me out a little bit. I don't. Again, there's some cultural pieces I'm sure we're missing, and yeah, just don't understand it. But but that was
1: definitely helpful. To think that that's where the angels showed up. Yeah, reminds me of like God never shows up in the the famous places, right? Like that's the story of Christmas. Like we make it, like you said, way bigger deal than it is, but it's just a bunch of regular people. Yep. Who are doing their regular things and God chooses to enter into that space. Yep. Um, And so we always want to make the miraculous even more miraculous. I think it's, miraculous enough that he came to shepherds and he came to Mary and Joseph and he came to Zachariah and, you know, all that stuff. And the people will look at this week is the same way.
2: Yeah. For me, it was, again, just that those two words to you, you know, the, the idea that this, this, um, this child, this savior was sent to you. I mean, it was so personal Mm. uh, even for those shepherds. So uh, again, that was just a cool even as I was studying and writing, that's the part that I just kept coming back to. It's to you. And so I think we should all be able to take away um, some hope that the Savior is for us.
0: Um, you know, that's the whole point of what we're celebrating this week. Yeah, that's really good. For me, um, one of the things that I've read over a number of times and I hadn't really stopped to think much about um, is the idea that yeah, it took a few angels to share the news to the shepherds. But then when it comes to praising God, it's a whole heavenly host of angels, yeah. an army of angels um, come together in unity for that. And I just thought that was a cool, cool moment. I did. Uh, I was helping out in uh, students during the 11 o'clock on Sunday and hanging out with a few of the um, junior high boys for small group time and they mentioned the same thing about the shepherds i was just chatting with them hey what what kind of stood out in the in the message to you guys and one of them was like yeah why why the shepherds and i was like that's a great question why the shepherds so it was cool just for uh to see them pick up on some of those little details that you were sharing also um but yeah overall i thought it was um uh, a really good message and i think uh uh as we gear up for Christmas services, I'm, I'm excited to see how we wrap this thing up because um, we'll share the last song of the four and really looking forward to that.
1: It was also cool. We sang, you know, Hark the Herald Angel. And in that song, there is that line, the <coughs> son of righteousness. And I had a few people come up to me and tried, and they're like, hey, that's spelled wrong because it was S-U-N. And I was like, actually, in yeah. Zacharias, he mentioned son of righteousness with S-U-N. And I, and the only reason I know that because we talked for at length for probably 10 minutes in our sermon planning group about that prophecy, mm-hmm. that it's a very specific thing. And so to, to sing that, people were like, wait a minute, son is S-O-N. I was like, no, that's actually a title for the Messiah, which tied back into Zachariah's whole idea that he is the light and John's idea that he is the light. So uh, just a really cool uh, moment. Just a couple of people were like, hey, I think we had a typo. And I was like, Actually, the hymn writer wrote just biblical stuff. I think mean, he just copied and pasted. He did. He didn't write anything <laughs> new. But I will say, man, I was backstage talking to Jason about this. I don't think I've sang all those verses before in Hark the Herald Angel. Like oh, there's really? some yeah. weird ones, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's some weird verses in that song. I feel like my versions have always been like. Cut and paste to make them sing the just the normal things. I was like, ah, that's in there, mm-hmm. that line we're singing that
0: all right. that's most so there's two things about uh Christmas music. I avoided playing Christmas services like forever, like up until maybe the last seven years, uh, as a musician, like I just I don't like playing Christmas music. It's a couple of things about it. One, sometimes the lyrics do you get a little weird, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's obviously a lot of it's super biblical and scripturally rich, theologically yeah. rich. But, just outside of the norm for worship music, and then the other thing is they use all these chords that we never use in worship <laughs> music, like you're you're playing things you never play, so uh, I always just remember like dreading the idea of playing christmas uh Christmas songs. Yeah, this christmas. was interesting,
2: yeah, well, let me jump in on that one because when i when I walked off after preaching and we would sing that song, the first line, so you know, my ending of my sermon was kind of focused on that idea of you know, the peace on earth, and mercy mild, right? And we're, we're, we're talking about, it's not some kind of inner serenity, but it's about laying down your life and two warring entities and one surrenders to the other. And I don't know if many people caught it, but the very first line, I'm sorry, the very first verse of Hark the Herald Angel Sing says, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Mm -hmm. It's that imagery. Again, the reconciliation is you got two warring, two uh, entities that are at odds with one another and they are brought together. So that's the piece that we're talking about. Again, we've made it into this inner serenity kind of thing and that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about Hmm. we were enemies with God and through this newborn king, peace on earth came where we got to be reconciled with God. So I just kept walking away thinking, man, I hope people are picking up on that, that that's the peace that he's talking about, that we get to to have peace with God, not just the peace of God, but peace with God. We get to be reconciled. We're no longer enemies with God. Which is a big distinction. I think really helpful and fit
1: us that we talked about that really hard piece of it yeah, because it is right on peace on earth peace, yeah peace on, it is everywhere yes and it is not. i mean it's even in like car commercials and stuff like that's the theme yeah. right that this will give you peace by picking this car and it's like yeah. ah man we've missed it a little bit yeah there. A, little, a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah well hey let's dig in we've got one really good question here um and i'm just gonna read it and then we will uh we'll try to answer it the best that we can so uh here it goes uh it says jason i was impacted by your very insightful statement that because we don't feel personally oppressed we don't see the need for a savior yet our culture is now dominated by the ideology that divides people into oppressed groups based on gender sexuality race physical attributes and ability class you name it and the most uh, and most of these oppressed groups collectively believe that it is the established Christian uh, Judeo norms that prevent them from experiencing complete emotional, physical, and economic freedom. So here's the question. How do we recover the biblical truth that it is not uh, oppression that causes sin, but personal sin that causes oppression? And in fact, Hmm. how can we effectively share the gospel in a world that rejects the reality of sin, especially personal original sin?
2: Yeah, that's a really thought-provoking question. So, uh, shout out to Mariella. Uh, we can always count on her to take us to a different level and to think uh, think really deeply about very important things. So, thanks, Mariella. So, when when I read that question this morning, my mind immediately went to Second Timothy chapter two. So, uh, for those of you who are able and you want to grab a Bible, I think this text is immediately where my mind went. So the idea that you're, you're asking about is, look, we recognize as believers that we have experienced oppressiveness through our sin, and the freedom from that oppression comes through Jesus. Yet we have a world that has a different worldview, and the worldview in the world is that it is actually faith in Jesus that causes oppression. And so how do we deal with that? So uh, immediately what I thought about was 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I love where you ended the question, Mariella. like how do we actually share the gospel? How do we help people who are in this idea that it is uh, a faith that's causing the oppression as opposed to the faith that's going to free me from oppression? And, and here's what Second Timothy chapter 2 says. So I'm going to start in verse 24. It says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. I think the the biggest thing that we need to remember when we think about the worldview that we're up against and people who see all of these um, categories that they think they're going to find their freedom by being in this oppressed group is going to leverage it for their good— is what this scripture teaches us is that that we are all captives of the the devil we are all captives to begin with, and all of those people who are who who we see and sometimes can feel like they're they're our enemy, they're not our enemy. they're actually captives of our enemy. and so what we have to do is exactly what this scripture says is we have to be kind to everyone. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. We're not going to win the <laughs> win the war of, of people's souls by arguing over the internet. May like, want to
1: read that again.
2: <laughs> the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. Like, we're not going to fight people into the kingdom. That's not how it works. But we must be kind to everyone. Like... Whatever the worldview is, we have to remember they are captives of our enemy. They are, they've been held hostage to do the the enemy's bidding. And we have to, we have to be kind to everyone. Opponents must be gently instructed. Like our goal is to help them know and understand the truth. So we have to gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance like, they are living in a way that is disobedient to God, and they need to come to repentance. But they're not going to do that because we argue them into it. It is God who's going to grant that repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. In other words, the repentance comes before the knowledge of the truth. Mm. Like, there is a sense in which it is only when they are willing to take a step and turn from their sin that their eyes are going to be open to the reality that they've been held hostage this entire time and we were all there so hmm. they they will come to their senses so we need to pray that they come to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who's taken them captive to do his will so all of that to summarize we have to remember that the that our enemy the devil has taken them hostage they are not the enemy they are captives of our enemy we have been sent by Jesus through the Great Commission to set them free from these lies that they've believed that the enemy has made them captive to. So, um, so all of that to say, I think there has to be a, a, an attitude from our part of gentleness and kindness and a desire to see them come to a place of repentance uh, so that they can experience the knowledge of the truth. It's <clears throat> good. I, I think, to her point, it's really helpful also that
1: um, it it isn't ideologies that cause sin or oppression. It's people, and we are just as much involved in that because we are sinners, too, that have just been saved, right? So um, people, organizations, institutions, like all of it— are full of people who are sinners, right? And like, that's the starting point for all of us. So I have a very, I can level view everybody to go, yeah, we're all guilty, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just as guilty. The only thing that I'm, I realize is my actual guilt and my need of a savior. Like you said yesterday, like I, I have acknowledged, yes, I need a savior. And the only thing that can save me is Jesus, mm-hmm. Right like you said, where most people, they go to other things to try to save them, whether it's it would um, we could list them out hundreds of things, but the fact that it is we are involved in the group of people who can be oppressors because we also are sinners like we we can be a part of that right it's and so it's just that acknowledgement I think that's really helpful that it is all of our sin that causes the issues it isn't isn't the viewpoint of being a christian that's everything's wrong. No, no. Being a Christian helps me see that, oh, everything is broken. <laughs> like it's all a mess. There's no, there's no perfect thing on this planet that exists in the way in which God has, there's, there's signposts. There's, there's ways in which we see how God designed things, but everything has been tainted by sin. And that helps me to remember that and to come with more grace because I'm just as guilty. I, I always say there's no one more deserving of hell than me. That's that's my starting point. And if I can remember that, then when I'm in these conversations with people who clearly disagree with me or, or have differing viewpoints, I can be much more gracious because without the revelation that Jesus has given me, I'd be there too, you know?
2: Yeah, so again, I think when you're walking into those conversations, remembering my goal is not to defeat this person's ideology yeah. or worldview. My goal is to... Set them free from the enemy who has taken them captive. Repentance, yeah. Right. Like yeah. and it is God who's going to grant that repentance. So I'm walking into that, not as this person is my opponent who needs to be defeated, but this person is a captive who needs to be set free. Yeah. And so that just that helps us all to come with a whole different mindset to whereby we actually can come with gentleness, and we can come with an uh, uh, ability to uh, teach. Uh, how does it say it here? Sorry. Teach. I'm sorry. Opponents must be gently instructed. We can instruct gently instead of just trying to beat people over with our with our wisdom or knowledge or the truth of God's Word. It is true, uh, but we can we can share it in a way that's actually helpful to set people free and uh, not just harden people. Because they are shackled. Like yeah. they are, and again, like you said, for me, it's a
1: reminder of <laughs> I was too. Yeah. And there are still things, right, that without that reminder and that God is consistently teaching me as I study the Word of God, that's how my mind has been illuminated, mm-hmm. right? They, they don't have that. Yep. They don't have the same starting point. And so again, I've got to get them to trust Jesus before I could ever get them to really surrender to the, to the other things. And I think that's what you're saying is so great is the repentance has to come first. Like we we've got to at least have the same savior in mind before I can then go, Hey, let me then, Let's let's dig deeper. Yep. Let's go further into it, which again is why I think Jesus also is always like, hey, baptize them and then teach them everything. Yep. Or we got to get them, right? we got to get them on the team first. Yep. And then it's easier, right? Like I can take you to Genesis 1 and go, okay, if we can believe this, like we yep. talked about, there's a lot more that's, it's still hard. Yeah. But it's at least easier to understand and to surrender to, right, that sovereignty piece. So,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think uh, is it Paul that um, even affirms that same idea first or second Corinthians first Corinthians chapter five is that right where he talks about the uh, uh, expectations of the unbeliever? You guys tracking where? Is yeah, that? yeah.
2: So yeah, yeah. That we judge those inside the church and not those outside the church. That's yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's
0: where yep. that's uh, is that right first yep. Corinthians five? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it five and five the? Fact, I might be wrong. It, weird is, one. it is the it's weird the, one. It is, it's, the part, it's part of it. But again, just the whole idea. That yeah. Like yeah. Wow. So, and I think too, right, um, having a right view of self that we are sinners in need of a savior and having a right view of others that they are sinners in need of a savior helps us with, Jason, your point of uh, better understanding that uh, they are not the enemy. Hmm. You know, we have a very clear enemy that are, you know, is going to utilize his tactics to pit us against one another to create division which uh, again, when we look <laughs> around our world right now, seems to uh, be pretty effective. Um, so I think just every day, we need to be people that are fighting against that yeah. and, and loving each other and caring for one another.
1: Uh, the enemy behind the enemy. Yeah. Like, to keep saying that and to yep. keep... Absolutely. And actually believing it. Yep. Yeah. Because we get swept into the cultural norms of even what we yep. believe and the way in which we do argue and try to come against things. And it's like, man, I, they're... Like, it is such a helpful framework to be like, oh, they're they're captives. They're captives. And, and I actually should feel my heart should break. It should be that's Paul. A hundred percent. I should be like Paul and Romans. Yep. God, please, Lord. These yep. are my people. Yep. These are my people, my my countrymen, yep. who are held captive by this belief. And if they don't change, yep. they're gonna spend eternity without
2: you. Yeah, that that's good. Should break
0: us. Yep. Good. All right. Well, I think that just about covers it. You guys have anything else to add?
2: Hey, looking forward to Christmas services this weekend. So there's lots of options. Come and and let's celebrate together. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to it. See you guys then.